Welcome back to What A Hit Son. Today I'm on my own, kind of for today's episode, as I kind of wanted to do something more detailed in regards to what I'm looking at today. So today I'm going to look at the Champions League, the Europa League, and the UEFA Conference League, which is the new one which was introduced this year. So all these kind of have gotten to the knockout stages of the tournament, so... I'm going to kind of have a breakdown of kind of the new formats of both the Europa League and Conference League and how UEFA have changed those around and how they've um, formatted it. And then obviously look at the Champions League and kind of make some predictions and stuff like that as well um, for the different games. So obviously I'll explain, obviously UEFA this year decided to bring in the Conference League and this was to help give teams not necessarily qualifying for the Europa League or the uh, Champions League so it gives them another competition to have a chance of being successful and winning obviously a a European trophy Um, so since this Conference League has now been introduced the UEFA have changed the format of both the Conference League and uh, the Europa League so how it now works is any team that finishes third place in the Champions League or third place in the Europa League uh, drops down to the competition below and what those third place teams now do is they play second place teams in those competitions f- fr- who finish second place in their group in a, what they call now a knockout round playoff so these team the the first place teams in in the in both the, the Europa League and the co- uh, the conference league automatically go through to the last 16 stage and they don't have to to play this playoff it's just the second place teams that do um so for example barcelona um got uh placed third in their group so they're playing um napoli in the um the knockout playoff round um to uh because napoli finished second in their group so kind of i'll go into more detail as as we go along um with it because I'll, I'll talk through um kind of in more detail of of these things and how how, how it worked uh and works and then talk about if i think it's it's a nice format or i think it's unfair on certain teams um i'll talk in more detail about that um so obviously we'll start off uh the fir- first thing here is uh, the Champions League. So obviously the Champions League, um, it's it's the same kind of format as they're doing. So they're played over, the first legs are played over two weeks and the second legs are played over two weeks. So the, obviously the, the first leg uh, for the Champions League is being played um, the 15th and 16th and the 22nd and 23rd. And then the second legs are the 8th and 9th and the 15th and 16th of March. So they're kind of... The, to to break them down and get more uh, matches on on TV, so obviously this week we start with um, probably, in my opinion, the biggest game of of this round of this um, knockout stage is obviously Real Madrid and PSG on Tuesday, and then the other game on that day is uh, Sporting Lisbon and Man City. Then on the 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 fall uh, the Wednesday then we've got Inter Milan and Liverpool. And RB Salzburg and Bayern Munich. And then in uh, a week's time then you've got on the Tuesday Chelsea and Lille. And Villarreal and Juventus. And then on the Wednesday Atletico Madrid and Man United and Benfica and Ajax. So straight away some interesting games there. Some games you probably 
could predict who will come out on top. So, obviously, the first game I have to talk about is the PSG uh, Real Madrid. Now, looking at this, the way this game is uh, and how the teams are performing in their own leagues, realistically looking at it, I don't see anyone other than PSG winning this tie. Real Madrid are a strong side and have been performing very well in the league. As of recently, though, have kind of dipped in how they played into games. They've drawn and lost a few games. So it'll be interesting to see with PSG because PSG seems to be just kicking on and on in the league and and winning games um but looking at the squads attacking wise psg are the best one of the best teams in europe like you've got messi you've got neymar you've um mbappe like three unbelievable attackers um in that squad you've also got the likes of icardi as well who doesn't necessarily start because of the other three but even when he comes on and plays he's he's unbelievable so realistically looking at that you would think it would be PSG who would win that because of their attacking presence. Now Real Madrid on their day especially with Karim Benzema um, playing he's very easy to get goals and the way sometimes defensively how um, PSG perform they can lead goals. But now that they have Ramos in there playing against his former side, he's been able to solidify them defensively and have them playing a lot better defensively. Uh, he seems to have formed a very good partnership in there um, with the likes of Kimpembe and Marquinhos. So I think I don't really see PSG struggling. And obviously the second game on, on the Tuesday, you've got Man City and Sporting Lisbon. Now, Sports and Lisbon were a surprise team in regards to no one expected them to go through. They expected Dortmund to, to come out of their group. So, the, the fact that Sport and Lisbon got through there just shows how good a side they can be. And they they do have some great players, young players, and they have some experienced players in there. So, obviously, you've got Pedro Poro, who was in Man City's academy and then was sold. So um, he could be kind of a standout performer for them. You've got uh, Sarabia who was at PSG and now seems to be hitting it off um, with Sporting Lisbon. Um, And then they have a good few kind of young players also coming through. So, But looking at it, I do do not see anyone other than Man City. Man City are one of the favourites to win the Champions League this year and I don't see Sporting Lisbon causing an upset really. In that tie, um, Man City, I know, don't really have a number 9 or number 10 striker down the middle kind of to get goals, really. Um, They kind of, as as you know, with Guardiola over the last year or two, doesn't seem to play with a recognised striker. Um, So it is hard to see whether they'll score four or five goals or not. But I think they will... Sporting Lisbon, don't get me wrong, will probably put up a challenge, but I don't see them overthrowing Man City and, and knocking them out. I, I see Man City going through quite easy. Um, and then I, I, I do see the likes of maybe there's two or three goals, maybe difference in, in the scoreline or something overall at the end of the day. Um, and I don't. It should it should be should be not too difficult for Man City really. Um, then I suppose then on the Wednesday, looking at the Wednesday fixtures, 
Um, another interesting tie, I think, is obviously Liverpool and Inter Milan. So obviously Liverpool have their new sign in Louis, Louis Diaz, um, who looks really good already and has seemed to have settled in. So they now have five kind of attackers that they can kind of rotate as well, which is really good for a side. You've got like Mane, Salah, Louis Diaz, uh, Firmino and uh, Diego Jota. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what way Klopp um, plays his squad, what kind of team he starts with. And obviously Inter Milan as well, who seem to be in very good form kind of in the in the Italian league, obviously challenging for the title again this season, even after losing the likes of Lukaku in the summer. They seem to just still be pushing on, brought in some, some nice players into their squad. So it will be an interesting tie. I do see Liverpool probably getting through in that one um but i think that will be a tight fixture because i think inter milan as well defensively have a have a good strong lineup so i don't see a easy easy game for either team it's going to be one of those ones i think it'll be tight toward game kind of throughout the 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 two legs and then obviously the the other game then on the wednesday you've got bayern munich and RB Salzburg. Obviously Bayern Munich look as always scarily good. Like obviously you've got Robert Lewandowski who who is probably the best striker at the moment in terms of goals per game and stuff like that. He's just always scoring, always getting goals. Um I know obviously Bayern Munich lost um just there yesterday um in the game, but that means nothing to Bayern Munich because Bayern Munich is the type of team they could lose one week, next week they could blow you out of water and score six or seven. Now, in fairness to Aubrey Salzburg, they were very good in the group stage, but I can't see them obviously putting up much of a fight against Bayern Munich. When you look at the quality of players, you've got obviously Serge Gnabry, you've got Thomas Muller, you've got Joshua Kimmich, um, Upamancano, they've like good quality players obviously Manuel Neuer one of the world's best keepers um, and then obviously Lewandowski you've got Leroy Sané who's playing very well for them that squad is just scare, scary to look at because even their bench they can bring on nice players as well you've got obviously the likes of uh, Chupa Motang who just seems to come on and perform as well when when he needs and especially in the Champions League he seems to like the Champions League and scoring in the Champions League which you never would have thought when he was playing at Stoke um so yeah realistically I don't see Bayern Munich struggling there now I could see maybe one of the ties maybe Salzburg at home they might get a good result when when they're playing at home obviously in, in the first leg they might get a good result but when it goes back to Bayern Munich Bayern Munich at home is they're just very good um, so I don't really see them struggling in that one. Um, then obviously next week you've got uh, Chelsea and Lille. Obviously Chelsea now who've just been crowned um, world football champions after winning the the Club World Cup um, on, um, in extra time. And then obviously Lille who obviously lost a few players in the summer but still seem to be performing in the the Champions League and aren't doing too bad in, in the uh, the league as well and obviously have um the inform and kind of performer for them in Jonathan David who was linked with 
a move away in January, but obviously wants to stay there and, um, till the summer and maybe move then, so he could help them push. Now, this one, I think, obviously looking at the two teams, I can see Lille beating Chelsea here, and it's just because Chelsea are hot and cold when it comes to playing games. Like, one minute they could be really good in form and scoring uh, and easily winning games, but... With how they've performed in the league this season and how they performed in the Club World Cup, I can see Lille walking away here with, with the win over two legs. And that's because I think Lille are a strong side and are probably an unpredictable side when it comes to performances. So I can see some sort of um, surprise in, in that. For sure. Um, and we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. Now obviously I'm going through these games now. But after kind of the first legs. I will probably do another episode. Um, kind of once all the first legs of these are done. Um, with someone kind of to talk about in more in depth. About how teams have have performed. Um, also then on that Tuesday then. You've got Juventus and Villarreal. Now Villarreal in European football. Are always known to be very good. uh, Especially in the Europa League. But. Obviously Juventus have brought in. A world class striker. Who's in phenomenal form. In Vlahovic. And I think because of that purchase. And how good the player has shown. Obviously this season. And the season before. When he was at Fiorentina. I can only see Juventus winning this tie, especially if Vlahovic is playing, because that's that's the th- key thing Juventus have been missing in their side. Like they have a quality team all around, and it was kind of up front where they were missing because obviously they they lost Ronaldo, and this purchase of Vlahovic just I think pushes them more towards and um, being being a quality team and getting goals. And I think with the whole Vlahovic playing for them, I don't see anything else other than, obviously, um, a Juventus win. Now, Villarreal could surprise us with what they bring out and that, but uh, I I can only see um, them coming out, uh, Juventus coming out on top in this one, um, really. Then, obviously, the other um, tie ties then the last two ties is obviously Benfica and Ajax on the on the, uh, Wednesday week um realistically looking at the group stages I see Ajax probably winning that one just because Ajax look scarily good obviously Sebastian Haller top goal scorer in Champions League at the moment his first Champions League uh he's played in and he's he's literally scored the same amount of goals as Ronaldo has done in in a group stage which is scary for when you think this guy was was an underperformer at West Ham and he's gone to Ajax and just Ajax style of football seems to have suited him and then you've got the likes of Dusan Tadic who's who's become even better since he's gone to Ajax as well from Southampton so it seems all the Premier League players who've gone to uh, Ajax seem to have kicked on to another level with the style of football, so I do see probably Ajax coming on to- out on top of that one, and then the final game 
which is going to be an interesting one looking at the f- the form of both teams is united and atletico madrid so obviously united under ralph ragnick have had one of the worst periods i've seen in united football where they're getting loads of draws and losses and they seem to be struggling to get wins at the moment so and then obviously atletico madrid are have been a hit and miss all season so kind of looking at the the two of them this is the type of game they both need now where they're not probably in their best of form at the moment but either team could use a win in this which might kick on their season and get them performing for the rest of the season so it will be interesting to see with this can say united kick on and make sure they qualify for the champions league this season or can atletico madrid keep their season save their season because right now they look like they're not going to be in the title race they're falling away kind of a, a bit um from madrid and madrid seem to be kind of running away with the, with the title in spain so can atletico kind of save their season get back in the title race maybe try and challenge for a champions league trophy like they have before and get to find the final or that so it will be interesting to see with how the teams perform obviously neither team made really any major signings in the january transfer window so they have the squads there and then obviously you look at the likes of ronaldo ronaldo needs he always seems to score against atletico madrid so this could be the type of game where he kicks on and to another level because obviously he's now gone six games without a goal which hasn't happened since 2009 um so it will be interesting to see who wins that tie i to be honest looking at me and looking at the things i can't actually can't figure out i think this could be one that potentially could go to penalties um because obviously the the away goals rule is no longer in um the european football which i'm kind of happy to see the end of because it makes it more competitive and makes gives you more of a competitive nature in regards to if the teams are drawn kind of after 10 minutes there's none of this oh yeah they win because they scored more away goals blah 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 um so yeah it's, it's going to be an interesting one to to see with the champions league games and as i said we'll probably talk more in depth after the first legs kind of over the next two weeks um once we see kind of how teams have performed um and i'll probably will have a guest on for that as well to talk through it more um but yeah that those are probably the kind of as much we can talk about in regards to the champions league um then looking at obviously the other competitions so obviously the europa league um how the uh, how the obviously the new format as as i said the way the new format um has featured now the teams that finished third place in the champions league groups now drop down obviously into the the europa league and they play teams who finished in second place in um their competitions um in in the in the uh, the europa league so for example the teams that dropped down from the champions league were rb leipzig dortmund barcelona sevilla Porto, Sheriff, Atalanta, and Zenit. 
So they dropped down into the Europa League. And the teams that finished second then was Rangers, Real Sociedad, Napoli, Olympiacos, Lazio, Braga, Real Betis and Dynamo Zagreb. So kind of interesting kind of flux it as. And then with this then how it was was then obviously the teams that finished second in their group were seeded. And the teams that dropped down from the Champions League were unseeded. So, after the draw was made, uh, the way it ended up was, obviously, Dortmund and Rangers, Zenit and R- Real Betis, Sheriff and Braga, Porto and Lazio, Barcelona and Napoli, Leipzig, Real Sociedad, Atlanta, Olympiacos, and Sevilla, Dimano Zagreb. So, obviously, this is the competition. I think the way the new format has has happened i don't agree with it in regards to i think champions league teams are being kind of punished to an extent because they're dropping down they're they have to play in a like a what they call a playoff round when they're dropping from a a bigger competition down to a smaller competition now i'm not criticizing saying it's, it's it's a nobody trophy or that like this is just when you're playing going from the champions league level to to Europa League level, they should be automatically through to say the the round of sixteen, and it should be the first and seconds of of groups playing to get through, rather than letting getting the Champions League teams and punishing them for for dropping down. Obviously, uh, it's a bit harsh. So obviously, looking at the ties, the the standout tie for me, there's two standout ties I think in this thing because i think it'll be very good competitive so obviously you've got dortmund and rangers rangers who've just brought in the likes of aaron ramsey who is a big big name player to kind of bring in for for a club like that um like no one expected that and that was what a transfer that was completely out of the blue i think and um, so he might help push them and obviously dortmund who've got the likes of erling Haaland, who's one of the best strikers in the world at the moment that's probably a, a, a big tie there and then the other big tie is probably Barcelona and Napoli. So obviously Barcelona, who've brought in about four or five players there, somehow um, out of nowhere, as as we spoke in our previous episode, Rory and I, somehow these transfers happened, even though Barcelona and money, money issues and wage issues. So that that's another one um, that's probably an interesting tie as well. So I'll probably talk through the ties and then I'll. I'll I'll leave the, the the main two that I spoke there about probably to last kind of distinguish those. So obviously the first one up is Sevilla and Dynamo Zagreb. So looking at the two teams, obviously Sevilla, this is their tor- this is their tournament. They seem to always be one of the the most the, the team that's won it the most in recent years in regards to they've won it about I'd say in the last ten years about four four times four or five times. And they've just been that good in, in in the tournament. And then Dino Zagreb, who last year knocked out some big names as well and, and got very far in the, t- the tournament. So obviously Sevilla, I think, realistically, are probably the favourites in this tie just because of their history in the tournament and how good they, they play in this tournament especially. Um, but I, I would not rule out Dino Zagreb causing a... Um, surprise shock here as well because obviously how they did last year as well in that guys they knocks 
um, Tottenham Hotspur out of the tournament as well and you've got the likes of Orsic and that who, who's played for them who, who seems to be um, a consistent performer in European football then kind of the next tie then you've got Atalanta Olympiacos again Olympiacos in recent years have been able to cause upsets obviously Arsenal um, was probably the biggest one I remember uh, in the Europa League when they cause a shock against us and they nearly did it again obviously a, a uh, year or two ago as well like so they are a team that can surprise but again I think Atalanta are probably strong favorites in this type because of again the squad depth some of the players they have in there um you got like Muriel Zapata kind of two very good strikers and some of the other players kind of um Myla, kind of the Danish fullback who plays very well for them as well. Um, I would think probably Atalanta will come through that one. Um, because obviously, as I said, the squad depth, the players they have, very very consistent performers. Uh, and we're unlucky to go out in the, in the group stage as well. Um, kind of just one or two performances let them down. And against United, they were very close to winning games as well which probably would have helped them get through but missed out and then obviously lost out on the the final game week to uh Villarreal um to be to drop down then kind of you've got Leipzig and Real Sociedad um two interesting teams here Real Sociedad who've got a very good striker in Alexander Isaac who's been linked with kind of teams throughout uh, Europe as well um, Swedish international has been very good for them um, and then you've got the likes of Leipzig who've got Andre Silva who's a very good performer um, who transferred to them um, Forsberg as well another big name um, who's, who's who's performing in Europe it's very hard to pick between these two teams because I think on their day when they perform to their best they're both very good teams and they can cause shocks I suppose against big names as well which they have in, in both their leagues so this one I think will be a very close tie because of the two squads um, now one team might cause a, a very good shock and and win you know and go through to the next round but looking at both teams I can't really pick really between the two. It's it's an interesting one, um, really uh, of the two. So I would say it's going to be a close game between that and maybe like a goal or two difference at most um, between them. Then you've got Zenit Saint Petersburg and Real Betis. Now looking at the two of those, Real Betis were very good in their in their group stage and were unlucky to not qualified top because they had some very good performances there's some nice players in there um obviously kind of the standout one um for me is um Nabil Fekir he's very good player linked throughout Europe he's actually been linked with Barcelona in the summer um as well as some teams in the Premier League very good performer always always consistently picked for the French squad and Zenit St. Petersburg who of late aren't I wouldn't say aren't 
as as good as they were in their history but aren't as consistent as they were like they were getting a few years ago Zenit were getting through to the knockout stage of Champions League but I think the level they were at has now dropped kind of dramatically for them that they're not as consistent as they should be in regards to they should be playing better um so I would expect probably Real Betis to come true on that one then you kind of look at the kind of the other two so you've got two Portuguese teams then kind of of the other ones which is um SC Braga and Sheriff is the first one and then you Porto and Lazio so I start off with the Braga Sheriff one so Sheriff were a team that caused two upsets obviously in their group stage and kind of fell off kind of later and things but obviously they beat Inter Milan and they beat um, Real Madrid which I don't think anyone expected and just I think kind of the level they were playing that got to them in the end that they just fell off kind of later in the group stage but I think everyone was happy to see them drop down even into Europa League because of how well they played against both Madrid and Inter Milan so I could see Sheriff with how they've performed and what I've watched of them this season I can see them maybe beating Braga now I haven't seen much of Braga in fairness but Braga are always the team that that perform in Europe I think they're they're one of the Portuguese teams see down next from Benfica and Porto but I can see them playing well on their day but Sheriff with how what I've seen of them so far can be a team to maybe come through in that tie especially when you when you go to their home ground they're very hard to play at home um so I can see them maybe um coming through on there on but it will be a, an interesting one that tie then obviously you've Porto and Lazio so Lazio who've got a great striker in Immobile Immobile um and then obviously Porto who've just lost one of their star players in Luis Diaz to Liverpool um that one I think like the Zen uh the um Sociedad and Leipzig one I think will be a close one as well but I think of the two I see probably Lazio probably coming through especially with Porto having lose uh, losing one of their best players who's been a consistent performer for them I, I can see probably Lazio probably coming through that um and just edging that tie um so I would say probably Lazio in that one um then kind of looking at the 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 last two of the ones that i kind of picked out so obviously i'll start with dortmund and rangers so obviously rangers as i said signed aaron ramsey was kind of probably their biggest signing which i was even shocked at as as a as he obviously a big ramsey fan um i was shocked with him going to rangers but happy he's he's going to be getting regular football um dortmund as of late they're a hot and cold team really especially watching them in the league if Haaland's out injured I can see Rangers getting through if Haaland's uh, back and playing then I can see obviously Dortmund winning that one it's all dependent on Haaland I think because Dortmund even though they've some nice players in their squad defensively are very very poor and they leak goals very easily um Rangers seems in europe they watching them last year watching them this season can be very very solid throughout their team 
They've obviously brought in Ahmed Diallo from Manchester United on loan as well, kind of in the, the transfer window, who's who's who seems to be setting in very well. Morales seem, seems to just not be thinking about where he wants to play next season. He's focused on performing and he's he, he's doing well obviously for them um so kind of looking at the thing i can see rangers maybe getting out of here if Haaland's in but if Haaland's playing i can i can only see dortmund winning this one uh because Haaland is just he's sends dortmund on another level when he's playing um and he's got a great relationship with dude uh jude bellingham um and then you've got the likes of uh, Daniel Malin, who's in form at the moment, seems to be scoring goals now, um, which is what Dortmund bought him for, and he seems to be settled, settling in now. Because kind of at first he wasn't really settled; he wasn't really getting chances. He'd one goal and one assist in about ten games, but now, kind of recently, since the turn of um, the new year, he's he's really kind of settled in now and getting back to what he was doing in in the Eredivisie. So that one as well. All dependent on what players are available available for both squads. Um, but if Haaland's playing, I see Dortmund go- going through in that one. Then you obviously have Barcelona and Napoli. Probably, in my opinion, the biggest tie in that um, playoff round. So obviously Barcelona, they've brought in Adama Traore. They've brought in Ferran Torres. They've brought in Aubameyang. Um, straight away looking at the players they've brought in and how Napoli have performed in Europe I actually I'm going to be surprising here I'm going to side with Barcelona in this tie Um, just because of the players they've brought in I think might help push them a step further now a big loss for Barcelona at the moment is obviously Ansu Fati's out again with another injury Um, he's been probably their standout performer this season for them when he's played but he's had a lot of injuries this season and he is a big loss when he's out injured um but they have brought in Adama Traore who can be a threat up front because of his speed Aubameyang on his day when he's in form can can be a consistent performer and can get you goals which I was annoyed to see him go from Arsenal because I would rather have him till the end of the season and then sell him when we bring in a striker. So on his day, he can get you goals. Ferran Torres, consistent performer for Man City. Surprised Man City let him go because obviously he was a great, scored a good few goals. Very consistent performer for the Spanish national team. So again, a great signing by Barcelona to bring him in. And then you look at Napoli, you've got obviously Insigne, who's leaving at the end of the season to go to the MLS. Um, you've got Dries Mertens, very good player. Um, you've got Politano, another consistent performer. But I just looking at the attacking threat and kind of how they've both done in the league, Barcelona seem to have turned, turned it around since they brought in their players and seem to be uh, performing consistently and getting results they need. So I can see Xavi and Barcelona maybe scraping through in that one. But I think that one's going to be a very close tie as well. That it will only be a goal or two difference um, in in the scoreline. I don't think it's going to be one of those ones where it's going to be goals, goals and more goals. Uh, It's going to be a very tight one um, between that probably. And it will be interesting to see. 
Now, obviously, the, I didn't mention the teams that have automatically qualified for the next round, obviously, in the the Europa League. So, the teams that are automatically through. So, obviously, West Ham, I haven't mentioned. They got went through um, Spar- uh, Spartak Moscow, Monaco, Lyon, Leverkusen, uh, Galatasaray, Antracht Frankfurt, and um, is Red, St- Red Star Belgrade as well, kind of have gone through to the um the basically the uh knockout 16 round um they because they all finished top of their groups and then they'll be joined by the eight winners of the the knockout stage basically um so it'll be interesting to see kind of who will join them from from those ties um then probably to finish off then i look at um the knockout round playoffs in the uh, UEFA Conference League so obviously the way it happened is the teams have dropped down from the Europa League these are all teams that finished third place in their um, groups so Sparta Prague um, Leicester Marseille, Celtic PSV Eindhoven Fenerbahce, Michelad FC and Rapid Vienna um, they all finished third in their groups so they automatically um went dropped down to the conference league um the teams then that they joined in this um draw was uh maccabee tel aviv partisan um uh, they also joined randers paok slavia prague vitesse karabag and um Danish Clyde um Bodo Glimt. Um so it is a an interesting kind of draw there, but you can see with this draw there are teams maybe that aren't at the the level that say other the other competitions in Europe that um have. So there are sides there maybe that you would never really see in the, the Champions League. Maybe you see them in the the Europa League, but they never really get to the Champions League. Champions League, so this is where kind of drop off of. So you might see certain teams like your your Marseille or your um, Leicester maybe easily go through there. So obviously, then the the other teams that automatically went through um to the next round were AZ Alkmaar, FC Basel, Copenhagen, Feyenoord, Ghent. LASK, uh, Ren, and Roma. So, uh, how the draws kind of worked out then, you've got um, for those um, teams that were in the draw for the, the playoff round, then was obviously Mar- Marseille, Carabag, PSE, Maccabi, Tel Aviv, uh, Fenerbahce versus um, Slavia Prague, FC Mitchell Edge versus PAOK, Leicester versus Randers, Celtic versus Bodo Glint, um, Sparta Prague versus Partizan, and Rapid Vienna versus Vitesse. So uh, those teams, whoever wins those, will join the the first place in the next round. So kind of talking through there, um, looking at them, like I don't really see any. 
close games in this. Now, there are teams there that maybe I haven't seen. I gotta be honest, I haven't seen a lot of these teams play, um, especially the the teams I wouldn't be familiar with. So, obviously, I've seen Marseille play, I've seen Leicester play, I've seen Celtic play, um, I've seen one or two games of Fenerbahce, a few games of PSV, but or not, the rest of the teams I haven't really seen. So, firstly, Marseille Carabag. I don't see anyone other than Marseille getting through there because I think Marseille now, looking at them in, in their league and how they performed in um, in in the league, they have a very nice squad. Some Arsenal players obviously playing with them, so obviously we got rid of Kolasinac, happy to get rid of him, but you've got on loan, you've got Gwendouzi, and you've got William Saliba, who seems to be pl- both playing very well for Marseille and right now Arsenal could probably be using their squad um but I think looking at Marseille and the, they've also brought in uh Bakambu back in he seems to be scoring a few goals as well for them um I probably will see Marseille win and that's that fixture probably um now Carabag could pull out of the bag and and perform and, and do well in that but looking at them I don't see Marseille not going through to be honest then you have PSV Maccabee Tel Aviv Maccabee Tel Aviv were a side over the years they originally were, were qualifying for Champions League and the, the Europa League consistently um, kind of have fallen off in the in the last probably five to six years um, and then PSV always a very good side I can't see again like the Marseille I can't see anyone other than PSV winning in this one now obviously going to Israel to play might be a tough one for PSV um, in regards to the travel always traveling over to, to Israel can be quite daunting because it's a long uh, a longer flight and obviously fatigue and stuff of like that and players and stuff of like that and traveling back and having to do that might be a thing but if PSV can put a result together in the first fi- first um, leg uh, they should easily get through in the, from the second um, so I can't see anyone other than PSV probably progressing in that one then you have Fenerbahce and Slavia Prague now this one I think will be a close one Slavia Prague on their day can be very very good um and then obviously uh Fenerbahce former Arsenal player in Mesut Ozil, who pretty much been captain for them very good side um I think that one's going to be a close tie um and definitely uh I can't really pick a favorite from the two of those so I would probably, if if I was edging towards anyone, I would probably say maybe Fenerbahce because they're very good. In, they can be good in Europe, but I I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Slavia Prague won that tie as well, um, because of how they can, can perform in in Europe. Then you've got um, Danish side FC Michelage versus PAOK from Greece. Again, another one I I wouldn't know much about either teams. 
Um, so I can't really pick there. Obviously, former Arsenal player Trouble Akpom's playing with PAOK. Um, I would probably say FC Mitchell edged. Maybe might scrape that one, but again, I think it's another one that's going to be a close tie. Um, and very hard to distinguish but i'll just say it, it i can't really pick but if i would say i'd say fc mitchell edge maybe then obviously you've got leicester and randers looking at those i don't see anyone other than leicester in that tie i think this is the competition leicester should be maximizing on because in the league they've been very poor and this is if they don't get european football this could be their way to maybe qualify instead um and they should be maximising on it because looking at some of the other sides that are in the competition, this is a perfect competition for Leicester to go on a run and win some sort of trophy. And this type of competition, this is what this competition was brought in for. It was teams that maybe not be consistently challenging for league and getting into um, Champions League football consistently. But say like a Leicester or a Wolves or like a West Ham or someone like that who maybe aren't at that top level who've been winning leagues left right and center or thing this is the perfect kind of level for them to be getting consistent european football if they're finishing like seventh or eighth in their league and they could get that and try and compete for that so this could be maybe something leicester could put on a run and brendan Rodgers can get them winning this um so i i don't see leicester losing this i'd be very surprised if they lost this tie um, so I do see them going through. And you've got Celtics tie against Bodo Glind. Um, again, I think this is probably uh, Celtic probably going through. Celtic lately have been very, very good, very consistent in the league. They've been getting a lot of wins. Um, Postelog, who seems to have got them on a run, they're performing, they're seem to got back into their groove that they had a few seasons ago when they were winning titles and then obviously last season kind of fell apart for them but this season they seem to be pulling themselves together lately um because obviously in the first half of the season they weren't very good in in the the the, the europa league so obviously they dropped down but this could be again this could be a competition for them to maybe win some european silverware after a long time obviously when they won the the champions league so that that could be something maybe for them then you've got another two teams i'm not too familiar with with obviously sparta prague and partisan again i'm not too familiar with them so i can't really say who but i would probably go in favor of sparta prague uh, i believe thomas rosicki is helping out with them in regards to coaching um uh, obviously being a former player of them i believe he's he's actually helping them out um as a coach so i would say probably sparta prague because i'm familiar with some of the players that play for them in regards to i've seen them in european competition now i can't say I, i've seen them play games but i've seen sparta prague in competitions before partisan wouldn't be familiar with any of their squads um at all so i would say maybe sparta prague but 
again, like what I've said for the FC Mitchell Agent PAOK, I wouldn't be surprised if Partizan won that tie. So it, it's going to be one of those ones that might be tight. And then the final one, kind of, of this stage is obviously Rapid Vienne versus Vitesse Agnum from, um, obviously, uh, Netherlands. So Vitesse obviously have a history that they love bringing in loans um, from clubs, especially in the Premier League, and then Rapid Vienne, who who were who were good in their, uh, they were good in in certain games, obviously in their competition um, in the Europa League, but kind of fell off. So I would probably go in favor of Vitesse just because. They seem to always perform in and get into European competitions, and the Dutch sides are quite good in regards to how they play. So maybe I go in favour of Vitesse, but again, another thing, another fixture. I would say I wouldn't be surprised if Rapid Vienna went through on that. So it I, it could be a tight one between that. Um. So my predictions probably for kind of the teams going through would be Marseille, PSV, Fenerbahce, FC Michelage, Leicester, Celtic, Sparta Prague and Vitesse. Um probably to go through and join the, the other the other teams that are already in the next round. Um I will as I said, I will probably go in, go into more depth of these kind of um, after the first legs of Champions League and then obviously this round has been played and I'll probably talk through in more detail um, on the teams that have progressed or, or stuff like that because then we'll have we'll have seen more from all the teams and we'll be able to kind of get more of a clear picture on them um, because I'm, I'm hoping to watch more games obviously this, this week as well to kind of get more of a, a picture on some teams that I'm not familiar with um, so it will be interesting to see and obviously i've kind of spoken through the variety of things um there and as i said we will cover it more in a future episode when i have another guest on who's been watching it as well um and i suppose that's probably the best place to finish off um obviously the episode for today i've just kind of spoken through how the new formats have worked i've spoken through the draws i've spoken through who's already through to next round automatically in those draws and then who's playing in the playoffs and then obviously in the champions league how um how how it looks in that um and as i said in a future episode we will talk more in depth about it um but i'd like to thank everyone who's listened in today to the episode and has already um listened to our first episode of 2022 and obviously listened to previous episodes. It's great to, to see people consistently coming back and listen to the episodes. Especially after the hiatus we had, obviously, as I said, um, in the previous episode. But um, if you'd like to get involved, just hit me up. It's at LittleMar10 or at what it hits on podcast on social media platforms. Um, and I'll be happy to uh, get you on in a future episode. We hope to have some regular guests back in future episodes as well. I'm just obviously trying to structure people in because of maybe time difference from them being in different countries and that. But uh, we will have them back soon. Um, But uh, if you enjoyed, don't forget to subscribe uh, to the podcast. And until then, thanks for listening. I've been Keen Samuel and this has been What A Hitson.